0: Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim.
1: Good evening. Detroit Lake is the Vikings territory breakdown. I am your host, Joe Johnson, owner of OOFDA Sports, which includes... Uh, a lot of different websites at this point. I have to write them in the back of my hand. Uh, Vikings Territory, the namesake of this show. For now, we might actually change the name of the show because our purview is changing. Uh, PurplePTSD.com, MiniIce.com, PurpleTerritoryRadio.com, FranchiseTag.com, and brand spanking new... TheDraftTeam.com, which we are joined by the editor of that website, Mr. Kirby O'Connor, today to talk all things Draft Team and Draft. How you doing, my friend?
2: I am good. I'm full of youthful energy and vigor. I'm bringing the, I'm bringing the youngness on this one. Thanks for
1: replacing the typical precursor to Vigor for the radio. Um, I'm actually only full of that. That's pretty harsh, Kirby. A lot of people know. That's Mr. Joe Oberly, who is here every single week against his will. How are you doing, my friend?
3: I'm all right. I'm good.
1: I'm uh,
3: finally finished uh, boiling sap from my maple trees and... uh, now it's time to eat it.
1: That's the most overly hobby I could possibly think of outside of like whittling or something. Whoa. Whittling, uh, your, your knee brace. In um, my
0: rocking
3: chair. On
1: <laughs> it's, you know, we're, Whoa. we're all, we're right. all racing towards the same finale here. Is yeah, that racing, something you've right. done for a I, while? You've never mentioned that before.
3: No, I've never done it this first year. And, uh, uh, I loved it uh, until the trees wouldn't stop leaking, and it's been like four weeks now, and I'm I'm over it, but it turned out really well, so I'm pretty excited. Doesn't
1: that and attract, it, like, uh, s- squirrels or diabetic uh, hobos or, like, bees?
3: It uh some ants showed up when it got really nice out, but other than that, it's, you know, now there's, there's uh, uh, squirrels crawling around checking things out, but I got milk cartons covered, and Hoses going in them, and and uh, it was it was fun. Me and my kid did it, and we just had a blast. Just you know, I mean, the biggest part of it is you sit around the fire, throwing sticks in it, and BSing, and drinking. So yep. I mean, what's not to love? It but some, it, some it, any interior. more, yeah, any more uh, old cracks from you two whippersnappers, and I'm gonna file a lawsuit to tweet <laughs> on you. Okay?
1: Uh, I'm coming after that maple syrup money. I don't know what you're talking about. There you go. Have you tasted it yet?
3: Oh yeah, I've had you know I, I'm pre-diabetic and I'm about ready to go into a diabetic coma here, but yeah. having it every other morning. Though. French toast
1: morning, dear. How about pancake? <laughs> you know, my teeth hurt. Uh, it's yeah, been it's a uh, it's been fun on off uh, season thus far. I think you know, like most of my takes, they don't age ironically enough very well um at least this off season when it, you know i i i'm trying to balance my initial thoughts on what the vikings could do in free agency from a cap perspective versus whether or not i'm just excited that they had money to sign anybody and then whether or not i'm excited that, that all of those free agent signings for the most part that weren't re-signs or a trade Happened on the defensive side of the ball, which I would hope to believe means that maybe Zimmer won't be as, uh, you know, overly excited to add another first round corner, even though uh, Kyle Jowdry of uh, our sites, but also VikingsGazette.com wrote an article this week saying, What are the odds of Vikings taking a corner in the first round? Anyway, uh, but I wanted to get a general um, consensus on that. From from Kirby first, but I think the best way to kind of introduce you further to our audience, and you've worked uh, on Vikings Territory and Viking, and Purple PTSD for uh, longer than anyone outside of uh, Mr. Joe Oberly himself. And uh, we just launched your site that you and I have talked about for a really long time, um, the DraftTeam.com. And you know, we are seems like rolling out with a new site every two weeks at this point. It's kind of a five-year plan all coming to a head at the same point. But as I told you uh, the, uh, the last week, I've, I'm super just happy that we got to this point. You were over, You were incredibly patient and kind in this process. It took us a long time to get here. Uh, but if you wanted to kind of let the good folks of northern Minnesota slash eastern North Dakota slash southern Canada know what the draft team's all about, um, how would you sum it up for them?
2: Uh, yeah, so the draft team is the draft team is, to my understanding, as a content creator, as a writer, um, it, in its most important sense, it is a tool for our team to better understand the NFL draft process and all the prospects, um, all the news that comes through. Um, kind of an in-house, uh, thing so that we can pull from that as writers on our other sites. Um, it also widens our audience incredibly. Um, instead of writing about one NFL team, we're writing about 150 or 130, whatever NCAA football teams. Um, it just increases our reach as a, as a, as a company, as a brand much higher, um, and and it really moves me from um something that I really have enjoyed doing for the last couple of years, which is um uh, writing and editing for our Viking sites into a more um into a role that I have wanted to be in for probably a year and a half since we first started talking about this site, um which is 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 basically a facilitator of all that information and yeah. um along with franchise tagged um, uh, kind of moving us into the, the broader NFL sphere. Um, but m- most importantly, I think, um, going back to that, like the most important part for me is not necessarily that we provide, that we end up being the biggest site or the, the, you know, the number one name in the NFL draft. It's mostly to provide, our, funnily enough, I think of it like we're, it's mostly to provide people writing about specific teams and the Vikings, you know, specifically in this case, um, with all of the tools they need to be like the best writers possible and give the yeah. best analysis possible. And Kirby, get, you said it, that in,
3: you said you said that it's an in-house thing. Can you yeah. tell me why? Why should a reader go see it there? What 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 would they get out of it?
2: So it's, I mean. We are pushing to be the best. We're going to be pushing to be the best team out there for draft coverage. Um, but, uh, you know, the in-house thing is like from our side as uh, as writers. But I think giving a unique sort of perspective on it um, from the team and the fan side, um, One of, one of the biggest things that I think is great about what we do is we have a lot of guys who are very focused on the Minnesota Vikings. Like it is the biggest thing in their lives. Um, but I I think moving that forward with franchise tagged and with getting kind of compartmentalized and getting the people who understand those teams, um, we, we really want to push for a a personalized experience for each NFL and NCAA team as we grow. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is, like, being as close as possible and finding the right people who are invested in these teams, um, but still have the objectivity to sit back and say, well, there's problems, and we and this is how they might be able to fix it. Yeah,
1: them. And I think, like, the best way to sum it up, too, is, like, passionate professionalism. You know, we all really care about football perhaps more than we ought to. Um but that doesn't remove some of that objectivity, even if you're, for example, a lot of my stuff is very, um, I'll beat you over the head with um, my point of view and my story all the time, saying I love the Vikings because I grew up in a household where that Vikings every Sunday was, you know, basically a religion. And um, what's exciting about the draft team thing for me and the reason it it was a uh, it took longer to develop than other sites was because I, I, each week I bet we linked sites like PFF or Mock Draftable or something 10 times um, just on the Viking sites, let alone what we're doing on FranchiseTag.com, which is the, the site that came out about two weeks ago, which is a general NFL site. Um, but the draft has really developed into a, a year-round thing. I mean, the NFL's a year-round uh, commodity at this point. But I've had a lot of people ask ask me questions like, well, what are you going to do with the draft team on May 1st? You know? And it's like, well, that's when all the fun starts all over again. You know, there's going to be right. a lot of – like you alluded to, Kirby, like it opens up uh, uh, maybe me doubling up on my Zoloft amount of, uh, of, of, of a, a, a scope that we haven't really gotten into before. I mean – 32 NFL teams is a lot versus just the Vikings, right? We do a lot of hyper, hyper Vikings coverage, but then when you get into NCAA football, it's just even, it's a whole different ball of wax. It's technically an amateur sport there, you know, it's in every state. It's just, it's really honestly, super exciting, but I think people are going to find throughout the course of the year that, you know, obviously there's going to be way too early mock drafts and, you know, uh, like during the summer, um, uh but I think that right now, what the bread and butter is is on day one, you guys had over i'd say fifty really up to date and apt player profiles for the draft, and that's just been increasing day by day, and I think people are really gonna like uh the kind of how you've chosen and picked from different sites that we've cited from uh, to create something that's unique in the landscape. And, you know, it, it, the, the internet's allowed us to do all these, it's like a gold rush of ideas and, you know, that's allowed us to get really hyper-focused on things we care about. And, and so I think people uh, will will feel that passion there on, and all the other sites. Um, so I'm excited about it. I, I will admit, uh, just uh, as Oberly did off the air, I am not a big college football guy mainly because I went to the university of Minnesota twin cities and I have to be emotionally invested in the team and the just haven't been very good or bad, uh, my entire life. And there just wasn't a whole lot there. Um, but I keep an eye on it, uh, more so than I guess other people do. But if I were to put a gun to your head, which, uh, as the way this week <laughs> is going is a very strong possibility. Um, and you had to pick 8, as of right now, after what we see with free agency, Kirby, what position do you think the Vikings will pick at 14?
2: If they stay at 14... Ooh, qualifier. (laughs) If they stay at 14, I think we will see a pick on the defensive end spot. Mm. Mm. Wow. I think um, so, too. Yeah, I, I think it's if they stay at 14, which I, I feel like I have to caveat because we're going to get into that. But <laughs> um, if they stay at 14, it's kind of the perfect landing spot where um, it, this isn't a super strong draft class for defensive ends, but it's it's a super strong class for a lot of other positions. So that top defensive end has a has a chance to slide back a little bit. Um, Quiddy Pay, Russo, whoever your favorite is, it's pretty much between those two as far as I can. You know, that's kind of the consensus too right now. Um, But if they stay where they are, I think they're going to be in a landing spot where the best player available is going to be one of those defensive ends.
1: Yeah, I I just I I can't imagine. I mean, one thing that I'm uh, a little surprised that it is, I would say the loss of the shuffle here these last couple of weeks, but hasn't been addressed particularly in a declarative fashion this way. Is I honestly thought when free agency started, the Vikings are going to basically try to find as much money as possible via restructures or cutting guys or whatever to. Restructured Daniel Hunter's deal, and I feel like the the more moves they make that are getting them close to what, the amount of cap space they need to sign their their draft class this year, uh, that they're perhaps getting away from that, and that could be for a myriad of, of reasons. That doesn't mean they're not working with his agent. That doesn't mean that uh, you know maybe the, his cap number we'll, we'll figure that out midway through the year whatever um but i i think that now regardless of that situation obviously if daniel hunter holds out they're, they it would seal the deal on, on uh, getting an edge rusher but i still think that the focus that they primarily put on the defensive of the interior of the defensive line um this offseason shows that they, you know, obviously, and history shows it as well, that they really want depth and a lot of talent from their front four. Um, and, and you alluded to um and uh, uh, not the Penn State guy, uh, not Jason uh, Owen's There's, there's, uh,
2: there's uh, two Miami of uh, Miami uh, edge rushers who are 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 up there. One of them is Jalen Phillips and one of them is uh, Rousseau, Gregory Rousseau. There it is. Um
1: who, who do you like of those two?
2: Between the two Miami guys, I would take Rousseau. Um he's got a way higher he's got a way higher ceiling as far as I can tell. He's a physical just freak kind of like Hunter was coming out of Coming out of college, he's very raw. He's going to need a lot of um, coaching up. But if anybody can turn him into the the player that he could be, I think it's probably the I think it's probably the Vikings' defensive coaching staff.
1: Are you surprised by some of the hype that away uh, gets as a guy who didn't because? Um, the way that you, you, you describe Russo being kind of a, a freak athlete a uh Daniil Hunter, I think of this the same thing of of him. Um, I, I don't think he had a single sack this season or last season for, for Penn State, but he's a uh, – I think there's a uh, – uh, what's the guy's name? Bruce Feldman does like a annual freak list, like freak athletes, and he's been on that twice because he's just like – He's like two hundred and sixty pounds, and he runs with like a four three forty. It just makes no sense um but i uh i I guess I'm surprised to see him on sites like Walter Football being the number two guy ahead of those two Miami guys myself, but I guess you know his physicality must just be such a rare combination of skill sets that people are willing to roll the dice on on a guy like that
2: it is and you can really um. You can kind of get away with it from the defensive end spot in the NFL, like throwing an athlete out there, especially if you're you already have a guy who you're confident in on first and second down. And you bring in this freak athlete to play on third down and rush the passer Um, because a a lot of what run stopping is as a defensive end is technique and um, keeping your head up and finding the ball and everything. But a lot of passing is just trying to beat the man in front of you. Um, So you can get away with with that early on in the guy's career as you teach him how to be a complete uh, a complete player. Um, I think. (laughs) I think, yeah, oh, is weird, right? He's he's just a crazy athlete, but I, I don't see him his stock being as high as that. I think he is in the second tier of defensive ends in the draft, and is probably going to go day two. That yeah, I, I was just, I I did a little prep before the show, and
1: so I I have the uh, the PFF uh, edge rankings, and the article that came out two days ago says he's number two, and I just thought, I mean, as Joe will attest, I am a gigantic Big Ten fan. I bring it up every week uh, without fail. I love the, uh, you know, and I do like uh, one name I, for it. I, I, <laughs> I, I think that the, uh, the offensive and defensive lines of, of that conference are, are, you know, bigger and stronger and the type of guys that uh, tend to pan out more in the NFL. But uh, earlier, Overly, you, um, when I, I asked Kirby about the position that he thought the the Vikings would end up going with if the draft were held today, you kind of uh, exclaimed uh, uh, a little bit, and I wanted to get your take on that as, on that yeah. as, as, on your exclamation as as things stand right now. I mean, you think the Vikings stay at fourteen if you want to take it that route, um, or do you, do you, are you looking at left tackle? Um, you know.
3: There's so there's so many variables in this and if you look at history a little bit there's very good chance they won't stay at 14 because because of Rick Spielman but uh, <laughs> the Vikings need to get a starter they need uh, Spielman and Zimmer need to have a, they need to get back into the playoffs this year I'm not going to say they're on, their jobs are on the line but they kind of are there's been certainly been a lot of talk about that after, certainly after that disappointing year last year where the defense just went belly up but so i I think they need a starter and if that best if, if a if a starter falls like the the person that kirby was mentioning you know if 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 the best player available falls to that spot they'll probably take it um i'd hate for that to be a defensive end um I, I feel like with, with what they've done already on the defense line, this, and this is uh, contingent upon Daniil Hunter coming back, um, I think they can plug in Wanham and, and, and go there. Uh, they've already spent so much of free agency on the defense, which they needed to do. And yeah. we talked about it last week and, and, you know, all to the extent of the offensive line. You know, I'm sorry, uh, signing of Dakota Dozier just doesn't do it for me. But, you know, they they uh they they needed to do it for depth. But my point is I think if they can find a starter that A, they can plug into that offensive line on, on week one, they have to take that guy. They have to. If they just you know, if they go defensive end because he's a BPA, I'm oh fine, whatever, it's great, you know. yes, yeah. Um uh, but the, the 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 offensive line has gone backwards. They lost their left tackle. They have a right tackle. They still have Ezra Cleveland playing guard, and they have a, a Bradbury who did not uh, live up to promise from last year. So they got a couple spots there that they need to fill. And you know we're just going to take the step back on our offense uh, to to get the defense filled up. So I I just I think it's a mistake if they if they take. You know uh, another defender because I think they've done good in the secondary. I think the linebackers are going to be okay, and I and I like what they've done on the defensive line. So spend that fourteenth pick or even trade up and just get the offensive lineman. Get a tackle that you want if there is one. I don't know. You would think there would be, but go get that player so that he's ready to go on on week one, and this this team gets to be a little more balanced again.
1: You know the way I look at it, um, when when assessing which position the Vikings should take at 14 or in general each year is to say from a position by a position standpoint, assuming the draft pick works out, which is a huge assumption, obviously what is the, the benefit, the potential benefit or improvement therein. Right. So would finding a left tackle that, that pans out, help the Vikings move towards the playoffs and contention more so than finding someone opposite to Neil Hunter. There's a lot of assumptions in what I'm saying, but the biggest benefit the Vikings can get is shoring up this offensive line. If they have a mediocre pass blocking offensive line, as we've seen, despite um, the dwindling number of people that still think Kirk Cousins is the problem. Um, This offense is ready to be elite right now. They were pretty close to it, despite the fact that they, by design, wanted these long dink and dunk 10-plus play drives all year to keep the opposing uh, quarterback on the sidelines, which Cousins executed masterfully, in my opinion. Probably because Again, Michigan State, but you know what I'm saying. Like the benefit of 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 investing in the offensive line now, especially considering what they've done in terms of free agency. Which there's they uh, did well, sign that guy
3: from Kansas City, didn't they? My, or did I imagine that 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 backup from Kansas City on the offensive line?
1: They uh, traded for Mason. Traded Cole from him. Arizona, That's- I thought he was. Um, yeah,
2: he 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 played uh, yeah. for the Cardinals. Okay. And
1: oh, he dear. also is a Mich- uh, Big Ten guy, so I, I am. Uh, that's all. Mike Mike drops. You know? Uh, what do you guys think of. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I've seen some people saying, uh, debating openly whether or not he is a starter or uh, maybe a younger, better, like Brett Jones sort of versatile interior lineman who can play center if and when Bradbury implodes further. Yeah. Um, hmm. Do you think he's a depth piece or do you think he's a starter?
2: Um, he's a starter.
1: And if so, where? Because <laughs> I've heard people, for... people asking if Bradbury's going to move to guard and it's like, then we do that with line
2: uh. For now, Gus um, settling on free agency and everything, for now he is in the position where he has a very good chance of being the starter. Um, <laughs> I would agree and that's I mean, a bad I thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, mean, I agree I agree with he you guys was... and that assessment. Hello. I I think I think um I saw I think it was Nick Olson tweeted that Dozier was the worst or, or one of the worst pass yeah. pass grades PFF had last year and Cole was like 7th worst. So he's he's barely an upgrade. It oh it seems like uh,
1: and despite a lot of the excitement people had about Cleveland, that was kind of like the um, comparison I've made, and Joe have heard this probably four times now, is um, B.C. Johnson. Everybody was ready to crown him as this big star because we were used to Laquan Treadwell. And we like, wait, a guy that's sub-mediocre, but that, that actually catches the ball sometimes? Let's buy some jerseys for him, you know, it's the same thing, I think, with Ezra Cleveland last year, uh, Drew Samia was such an undigated disaster that any improvement to us felt like um, something that wasn't otherwise there I mean, he was, I think, of right guards, like the 38th ranked against the pass rusher in, in regards mm-hmm. to pressures allowed uh, Cleveland was, and so it's a little disconcerting that you know, and I, I keep beating my head against the wall, and I, I've said this before, and I mean it, I'm uh, clearly not someone who's, who who is is short-winded, or that doesn't like the sound of his own voice from time to time, but I really don't want to talk about the offensive line anymore, and people, you know, always tell me they have a plan, and it's like, okay, well, every single free agent they signed <clears throat> was on the defensive side of the ball. They make a trade for a guy that everyone's like, Arizona, that's win-win, they were just going to cut him, they got a six-rounder, and that's... cool um you know it's this afterthought part of the offensive line which uh our in-season co-host mike tyson is you know, obviously the most important position group in the entire league especially considering we're a passing league um so you know everyone's saying we'll wait for the draft and so with uh i would say the the biggest draft expert in the, the upper Midwest on the show. I wanted your take on the draft class. It's a lot of pressure, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go on mute for the rest of the show. And we have about 30 minutes left. So, um
3: and I know nothing about the draft. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've seen um, uh, uh, Mel Kiper Jr. saying that the the Vikings might be able to trade up to nine and and pick up uh, um, well, um uh, from Oregon or, or, or whatever, um, I, I I don't see that happening. I don't see him being available at nine. if he was. do I think the Vikings would give up uh, the, the type of capital needed to move up that many spots. I mean, as we saw, it's astounding, some of these trades that have been made, giving up three first-rounders, essentially, or two future first-rounders, and a third to move up ten draft spots to the third spot. Um, I mean, do you feel like this, this is the draft class where you would need to do that or do you think that there's enough depth at the left tackle position? Or do you think there might be more value in getting uh, Mr. Oberley's aforementioned uh, draft obsession, White Davis uh, of Ohio State, uh, on the interior, and and then maybe moving Ezra Cleveland to left tackle? I mean, a, a lot of different ways you can answer that question, but mm-hmm. make me feel yeah. better.
2: <laughs> it's. I don't know that I can make you feel better. Um it's weird. It's it's such a strange year and a strange process right now because of I mean, we're still in the midst of the, the COVID pandemic, so we did not have a, a combine to to compare these guys like end to end like side by side um in all these drills. So for me it's kind of tough um to make the progression and kind of understand like you kind of have to dig way deeper into Twitter and the internet to um, try to understand what's happening in this process right now. Um, And with, with yesterday's hype with the the quarterback situation, their pro days and Justin Fields lighting it up, we have now talk of quarterbacks going one, two, three and four. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying that's a prediction. I, I'm just saying that it's been thrown out there and it's not entirely unreasonable um, that those teams could do that. If that happens, then it's not unreasonable that either Sewell or um, Rashawn Slater falls to the Vikings at 14. Um, it, it kind of depends on which positions are going to have, have a run on them early on in that first round that will dictate what the Vikings try to do there. And I think there's um as you mentioned, Wyatt Davis is in the back end, is probably going to be towards the back end of the first round because of his injury. Um but he's he, he participated in Ohio State's pro day uh yesterday and he, everything is supposedly good. Everything's supposedly fine. Um
3: well then they should draft down and pick him up then.
2: No trade I'm all um, for it. <laughs> and there is Elijah no, Ver- two Yes, <laughs> and there's Elijah Vera Tucker from USC who played both guard and tackle um, at USC, um, who fits kind of the mold um, a little bit for the for the guard position. Um, so it's really I'm not sure how it's going to shake out in those in that top ten. Um, nobody really knows right now, other than Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Um so I think I think there will be a quality tackle available early in the tens. Um mm. so either Sewell or um <clears throat> Slater who both fit the mold of what they need for a tackle. Uh they're both very athletic, they both would be able to fit into the zone scheme that Second we have going right now. Second level thing that they
1: seem to prioritize over other mm-hmm. things.
3: Are they
2: week one starters? Uh, Sowell is for sure. Um, Slater should be.
3: Then, dear God, spend some of the capital and go get
2: him. Yeah, just God. lock it
1: down. I would love nothing more for that. Even though Joe did pose a very interesting quandary for me uh, last week, or the, as the week before, where if I uh, no longer have the offensive line to blame, and my boy Cousins is is actually, you know, put in the best position to win, will I be able to sleep at night? Uh, I would say the results TBD. Um, but you know, I would also be. Remiss you sleep I, at night now well i mean technically i um i do the michael Jackson thing where i just i go under anesthesia uh, local anesthesia though so it's all right <laughs> um this you know i i think that you know the way that i i referenced the you know the trade ups and the draft capital given. Is you know maybe in a typical year seems like a pretty heavy price to to play to pay, but this draft is different in that there's just a lot of really um, exciting and at least on paper um, young franchise level uh quarterback prospects you know between trevor lawrence justin Fields, zach wilson who was just dropping dimes left and right on his pro day um who we had an an exclusive interview a video interview with um on viking territory like a month ago which is just like a really, really surreal thing um Courtesy of Jack Day of the Load the Box podcast. But, you know, uh, uh, and obviously these things change kind of day to day, week to week, pro day by pro day Um, for everybody, uh, Kirby. But, I mean,. He, obviously, um, Lawrence is the consensus number one guy. He's been for you know years, essentially. Everyone's been eyeing this draft uh, for him. But where do you put a guy like Justin Fields, who everyone's kind of looking at? Ohio State quarterbacks traditionally don't pan out in the NFL. Um, don't say anything overly. Uh, I, I, I'm not necessarily sure why that is. I'm on a
3: podcast. I'm supposed to talk. What do you <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Excuse
1: oh, me. I just yeah. Once we get to video, I just want you to Charlie Chaplin it up and and, <laughs> and, and, and it's all physical comedy. Uh, but uh, Kirby, uh, what what are your thoughts on the the quarterback draft class in, in regards to maybe people after uh, Trevor Lawrence, or do you think that he is as sure, uh, as much of a sure thing as everyone thinks he is? I would.
2: Th- say that he's as much of a sure thing as you're going to get for a quarterback in the nfl draft um pretty much ever <laughs> i i think he is he is that level of talent that level of consistency like we've never very rarely do we see him make bad plays and they're not a consistent thing with him um he's always bouncing back and he's always on to the next one um and he, he has that sort of he already has that sort of mentality of moving on and and learning from his mistakes um, that a lot of college quarterbacks do not have. So I think his, ma- maturity. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it comes from playing for a contender for you know his whole career, um, plus playing against that high level of competition at the um, at the collegiate level, even if it's not the Big Ten, you know. <laughs>
3: And he needs uh, a haircut, right? It's oh, man.
1: Yeah. He, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, my fiance slowly is trying to get me to grow my hair out like that, which I don't think you do for the first time as you're nearing your 40th birthday. Um, I just did. I am just am I going to my- start, start showing up on year? my skateboard to... Podcast, it's just, it just it looks sad, sadder. Um, but there's been also, you know, there's been some actual, you know, some, some Vikings uh, news since we did the show last week. I know that we kind of <clears throat> talked about um, Patrick Peterson and how that kind of changed the view uh, from Mackenzie Alexander resigning. I think you said something like that. Hopefully, you know that was the the talker and then that kind of fell by the wayside. Um, obviously, he is now back with. The Vikings, you know, solidifying the um, the secondary for the most part. They signed Xavier Woods at, for, to fill Anthony Harris's spot, which uh, was exciting. You know, I'm seeing kind of a, a weird split between. Um, National media is great of the Vikings free agency thus far and people on a local level. And I don't know if if one of those things is maybe the fact that we're all inside this purpose. That, that Kirby alluded to earlier. Um, you know, we hyper-focus on the Vikings and therefore we think all these moves are are gigantic splashes or that that people from Bleach Report, who I'm going to be citing in a second, um, don't follow the Vikings intimately enough to understand the impact of... Uh, a mid-round or a mid-level free agent like Mackenzie Alexander will have coming back and playing the slot in a system that he knows, or even having a coach on the field like Patrick Peterson, um, who, you know, is still only 30 years old, maybe 31. Um, but, you know, obviously he's not the same player he was when he first came into the league. Uh, and so I have saw an interesting article from uh, Bleach Report, which basically had all their... Uh, NFL experts grade out each team, and I think they had the Vikings as a C- minus to a D in what they've done in free agency. And when I was on um, Mr. Bob Stansivere's show earlier this week, he asked me to grade free agency thus far, and I gave a B- to a B, but as I said earlier, uh, I don't know how much of that is... The actual moves they've made in terms of impact or the impact that it will have on the draft, hopefully, and opening up, you know, um, focusing on the line there. Uh, I, I do think it's a little disconcerting that, you know, they've traded for... Uh, by all intents and purposes, a guy that would have been cut. And then Dakota Dozier uh, and then Brett Jones, who actually I think played pretty well when he got uh, time this season, but they just don't seem to really like him for for some reason outside of cutting him and re-signing him over and over again. Um, so I wanted to get your guys' uh, take on free agency, uh, maybe not particularly in terms of a, a letter grade, but um, do, you, do you think that some of the local people who are saying this you know, puts the Vikings back into the contention um, conversation are looking at this to, through purple-tinted glasses, Mr. Oakley? Or do you think that the national people are right and some of us are just hyping up a lot of kind of... Cause I, I looked at it in my uh, toxic culture article and the highest ranked free agent was Patrick Peterson. I think he was like 49th out of a hundred according to PFF's uh, free agency rankings. And the rest of them were between 75 and a hundred if they made the list at all. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I kind of want to get a sense on your guys' barometer uh, of the goings on.
3: Well, if you, if you take it with some context and put it in the context of, that they were hamstrung coming into free agency. They made a number of different moves to restructure, to, to cut loose, to, uh, uh and, uh, and make a trade, uh, uh, to, to shore things up. I would, uh, I would start at a C plus and it would go up to a B minus B if they, if they keep, uh, Daniil Hunter and there's no problem there. If if because uh, I you know you got to kind of lump that into free agency as well because that all that dictates what's going to happen with him and he, he, he kind of wants to be a free agent if he doesn't get a raise so um so, you know I, I they needed to bolster the defense they they went after it and attacked it from a number of different positions um I think uh, I'm kind of bullish on Patrick Peterson I think uh, Zimmer will find a way to use him and and to help the team and and you know it, Mr. Dancer has really gotten a lot of nice publicity of late because of how he played after he came back from his injury. I think Gladney's good. I think getting McKenzie Alexander is, was, was a nice pickup because here's somebody that's been in the system, knows the system can come in and, and, and kind of pick up where he left off. So uh, And Xavier Rhodes is, is, is a nice pickup too. I don't know a lot about him. I haven't seen a lot of his play. I don't know if oh, he's Xavier an upgrade. Woods. Xavier Woods, yeah. Well, who did I say? roads oh my goodness sorry that's a Freudian you have to get off the roads Um,
1: and get into the woods um yeah (laughs) there you go I'm not proud of so I I I don't know
3: if he's a uh upgrade or uh status or downgrade from from uh uh what's his face Harry uh Anthony Harris but um you know, and and I don't know if it's uh, Anthony Harris from 2020 or Anthony Harris from 2019. How he stacks up there, so I can't really grade that yet. But I think it's good. It seems like it's a it's a nice place filler, at least for a one year. And if he does well, you know, they can hopefully re-sign him. So you know, like, like I said, given how where they were at coming in, I, I'm not as uh, down on it. I'm I'm, I'm uh, my grade isn't complete yet. Uh, I I want to see them sign Daniil Hunter. I want to see them. You know, I would love to see them pick up maybe a defensive end, you know, that is serviceable in free agency and stay away from that for the draft. But I guess I've already said that. So, have at it, Kirby.
2: Um, I'm pretty much in the same boat as um, as Oberley here, honestly. I, I think they've done a decent job um, trying to get the defense back to a uh, a, a group that we can rely upon to maybe control a game every once in a while instead of letting the other team's offense just march down the field and score every single time. Um, I think they've done a lot in that way. I think bringing back Mackenzie Alexander was a good move. Bringing back uh, Stephen Weatherly was a decent move. Um, I, I wasn't huge on him, but I think he'll play uh, as good as – you know, the rotation of, you know, four undrafted free agents that we had last going last year. Um, if I was going to give it a letter, I I think I would call it C plus B minus at this point. Um, Hunter's a big issue. Like Oberly was talking about. I, I haven't, there hasn't been any improvement as far as I can tell, or maybe a very, very minor one on the offensive line. Um, they haven't added anything that's exciting for the offense as far as weapons, and they lost Kyle Rudolph, which if it's last year's Kyle Rudolph isn't a big deal. But um,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's. I think it's a pretty mediocre offseason at this point. I, I think it was a good idea to uh, open up that cap space and give themselves room to maneuver in a year where we weren't sure – exactly what the number was going to be um, and how much how much money there was going to be to go around um, because of obviously covid last year Um, i think once again their financial staff did a great job um, but talent acquisition is kind of still the jury's still out a little bit Um, patrick peterson is and has been a good player and a reliable player in the past, and I think he'll instantly make the team better, um, if nothing else, for the fact that he can get some of these young guys' heads um, on a little straighter, um, hopefully, and be be a little bit more of that leader that they they seem to need in the in the defensive back on the field. Yeah, exactly the uh, the Terrence Newman, if you will. Yeah,
1: you know, and I think that, I mean, you guys nail it. I think that, you know, looking at free agency also, you have to look at the outsized uh, hole, uh, and you guys both alluded to this, so I'm not saying you didn't, but losing uh, Riley Reef, who maybe had his best uh, individual season as the Viking last year, at least in terms of like a PFF grade, um, that frightens me Um a lot, uh, you know, not having, this is clearly not on that level, but not having a real, uh, reliable field goal kicker I think is um as we've seen incredibly important and can end up costing um not only a game here and there but as we saw in 2018 uh, a playoff spot as I the Vikings would have made it had uh Daniel Carlson made those uh, what three missed kicks against the Packers
2: um I think so that, I think we're all as Vikings fans aware of the the importance of kickers <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyone that was uh Cognizant
1: in nineteen ninety eight um'll we'll, we'll what that's about or every year under summer um but yeah, I think that you know the they uh, that having been said they they have uh, on paper filled a lot of starter. Positions that they were question marks up until you know a week or two ago, and that well, there's is bodies over...
3: there anyway. I Sorry. you know it's what that means. I guess
1: <laughs> is uh, is TBD, which is what we're all saying. I do think that right. it will be. I will re- look back at this free agency period and switch it to an F if they don't shore up the offensive line via the draft, because that's uh, th- that's kind of the assessment that I've been getting is from um, you know the angry emails I get is they're gonna draft people, but I've heard that. Before I've heard that every year, in fact, um, and so I'm just waiting to see because I do feel like you know, something that 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 could be touched on a little bit, you know, um, in, in regards to prefacing this defense is is one that can, you know, sometimes you look, you know, near elite at least statistically, is that as at its full logical conclusion after years of drafts and free agency and spending every single dime that the Vikings had constructing this defense of his dreams. The peak of Zimmer's defense was arguably 2017 when they had that really flashy third down, like historically good third down conversion or stop rate and they just never seemed to really be like the type of defense that you would call championship level in and of it themselves. I've always felt that this is a team that needs an elite offense or at least an offense that's as good or better than the defense to win they've never been you know mean enough or physical enough or stifling enough or any you know adjective you want to use so uh, I, I what do I think they're close to doing that a couple offensive linemen away from that offense I do but that is as encouraging as it is frustrating um, and terrifying because again this is all repetitive um, uh, you know agendas and topics and take from me. So I, you know, and we, Joe, obviously, you know, I, you've been uh, talking outside of your devil's advocate role last week. You've been on the the line topic for a long time as well. Uh, Kirby too. So I, um, I, I want to be encouraged. I want to think that they've learned from their mistakes. And I want to be as excited as everybody else is too. I think these guys will have an outsized impact on the Vikings roster that they wouldn't have on any other team, yes. But um, I guess TBD is the best way to put it. Um, but I do want to, to reiterate to people that they should definitely check out the the draftteam.com um, every day, every uh, day, they, there's new mocks, new draft news, new player profiles, so on and so forth. My dog just logged on to it. Um, you can find the draft team on um, Twitter at the underscore draft underscore team. Or uh, you can find my dog uh, on the Humane Society website, I'd say, in about 45 minutes. Um Hey, Pooches for the purple that, can, com.
3: We're gonna start that
1: next week. For the <laughs> uh, outside of that you you can also find the draft team on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash the draft team, all one word. You can find Kirby at K J O C O N fourteen, like I actually don't know how to pronounce that, just like I don't know how to pronounce it so well. Uh and you can find Mr. Joe Oberly at Joe Overly, and you can find me at VTPTSD on Twitter. Thank you so much for stopping by, uh, Kirby. Um. I again. I'm, I'm so excited that people are are starting to see the the vision that you had. Uh. You know, almost two years ago for the site and to uh, full, to be completely honest with you, like you, you guys, you and the team that you put together thus far have exceeded uh, not only my expectations but you know the output and care and everything of um you know of uh every site in the network it's just it's been awesome it's a beautiful website it's got a lot of great stuff we're going to be doing a lot of really fun um audio and video content uh leading up to the draft and after that and so uh i wanted to thank you for being patient and i again want to implore people to check out the draft but uh this has been the Vikings territory breakdown for the 31st of march is it march oh yeah it's march uh 2021 we'll catch you guys next week
0: school our cars will break down and when they do the repair bill can be devastating not anymore you need protect my car Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a Thing of the Past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance, just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.